All right, once again, well, where we are now, we had, we had this book, uh, Quick Answers to Social Issues. We went through life issues, equality issues, marriage, gender, and sexual issues, environmental issues, and now we're to the conclusing chapter. And actually, before life, we had an introductory chapter, kind of setting the stage, and now that we've gone all through those, we have a concluding chapter. We'll see how that all goes. I think this, it's almost like we could consider this as a separate study in itself, but it, it relates to the topics that we've been covering. And uh, this, this chapter, chapter one of part five of the conclusion here is, what, why are you judging when Jesus said, judge not? All right, so um, the most quoted Bible in the verse today well, it might be Matthew 7, 1. Um, now, I said in your notes here, it says, by those supporting the sin of today's popular culture, might be Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 1, which starts with the words, judge not. All right, uh, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew 7 if you want, but we're not really going to get into the passage for a little while. Uh, well, I, I tell you what, actually, let's, we can do that. <clears throat> Go ahead and turn there. We'll just look at the first, uh, well, we can just look at the first verse, actually. If I can find that. He says, let's just read verse 1 and 2. And then, and then we're going to talk about Matthew 7 much more as we go on here, but... It says, uh, judge not, and this is Jesus speaking in the, sermon, in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, you will be judged, and with, what, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, but what, what the secularists might use, they just use that first, the first couple words, really. They said, well, Jesus said, judge not. So why are you judging us? All right, so letter A under that, it says, this is used, this verse is used to silence or shut down those, and those would be typically Christians, who would dare make a biblical argument, that's your blank there, make a biblical argument against such sin that the popular culture, any of these sins that we've been covering through this book, that the popular culture or the secular culture uh, says are not really sins, or they say they're okay. So the point is, if you say a public word against abortion or fornication or homosexuality or transgenderism, by the way, that had a squiggly line under when I typed that out, transgenderism. The dictionary doesn't have that in there. I'm surprised. I, I th- guess I have an outdated version or something uh, of, uh, of uh, open office. But anyways, if you, if you say a public word against these things, and you can expect to be bludgeoned with, judge not, and told to be quiet. Uh, letter B, under that, alternatively, secular, secularist society would prefer Christians, quote, quit being so judgmental and agree with their secular judgments. With their secular judgments. That's what they really want us to do, is just say, well, you don't really have... The, um, the right, if you will, to judge us. Uh, how do you know we're wrong? You should just be quiet and accept our ways because we know we're right. 
So, however, there are many, Roman numeral two there, there are many problems with such secular argumentation. Many problems. By the way, by the way, well, oh well. If you notice in your handout, there's a number under number three, Roman numeral three. I have the blanks filled in for you. That was just a mistake. I just never got. I, I just so so. You've got some of the answers already pre-done. All right. So letter A. Some of these problems. If the secular worldview cl- claims it's wrong to judge, okay. So a, um, if their worldview claims it's wrong to judge, then they should not judge Christians. Okay, if, if, if you shouldn't judge, then hey, why are, who are you to judge? All right, so that, that's one problem. Um, then on the other hand, letter B, uh, without God and absolute standards, no word or action, no matter how judgmental, could rationally be classified as right or wrong. So, without God, no word or action could rationally be classified as right or wrong. It just doesn't, you can't logically explain it, right? If you take away God and and an absolute standard, who's to say, and we've been through this before, we're just kind of, you know, this is part of summary, we're we're making these points again, we need to remember, uh, kind of thinking through this logically. So in such a condition, if there's no God, no absolute standards, it's all preference, okay? And who are you or who is anybody to judge somebody else's preference? It's just preference. You take away the absolute, and it's just preference, and, and who are we to say? But And again, you could go on and on. This could domino through, and it does, actually. You see, that's part of why our society is just crumbling, is because this this absolute has been taken out of society, or at least they've tried to. We know it still exists, and it's there. Um, okay, so ultimately, actually, letter C, the secularist is trying to use the authority of the Bible. They're trying to use the authority of the Bible, which they reject. Okay, they reject this authority, but they're trying to use it to hypocritically judge an action they have no logical reason to condemn. I've got to be honest with you, and I'm open to any conversation about this, but when, I, when I'm up here sharing these things with all of you, you're, you're a pretty um, nice audience. <laughs> You, you generally tend to agree with the things I teach because we're, I'm trying to teach out of the scriptures and, and you agree with the scriptures. But it just makes so much sense. These things, it's, it kind of seems obvious. But, but then, you know, uh, again, I've shared with, I think on Wednesday, that I do plan I'm going on Father's Day weekend. My mom's birthday is the day after Father's Day, so I'm going to be going, flying out to Ohio to visit with my parents. And I I just forecasting ahead. I don't know if I'm going to get into conversations with them, but I would love to ask, kind of discuss these kinds of things with them, but I've kind of wanted to do that in the past, and it just never works out very well. But what I wanted to admit is that when you go to talk to secularists, unbelievers, they can quickly muddy the waters somehow. You, You think it's as clear as crystal 
But you get into conversations with them, and they can throw things in that, that sometimes seem to muddy the waters. But I don't know why it should. It just seems like it does. <laughs> so it's not... Uh, it is simple. Yeah, I guess I... Yeah. All, the only reason I hesitate is... Yeah, I guess... Ultimately, again, we tend to... Um, don't, we don't want to be um, hyperbolic about things and, and you know, say that there's spiritual warfare involved, but, but it, it ultimately is. Yeah. It is. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not maybe scary, ugly type of spiritual warfare that we might think about, but it, it is spiritual warfare. Any times there are lies thrown in the face of truth, there's a warfare going on. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, let me let me go back. Let me go to that verse and read it. Yeah, Second Corinthians talking about you know, you know as we're having discussions with unbelievers, trying to make some of these points that the, the waters might be muddied. And Shane brought up some good points. You know, if we're talking to a homosexual and they say that, well, what if you know? They say, well, it's not really about sex; it's about love. And Shane pointed out, well, Jesus loved loves us. He loved John. He loved Mike, but it's, he didn't have sexual relations with them. No, he did not. Um, whether others would say they he did or not. Um, and then Trudy brought up the point: is a kind of as a, a spiritual warfare going on as the waters are muddied in such discussions. And Wesley just shared there out of 1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14, which says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And that's what we've kind of mentioned, that kind of thing along the way through this study is as we discuss these things, we need to remember, too, that they are, that the unbelieving world, they are blinded to the truth. God has to do the work. So it is our, our responsibility to share the truth. To share the truth, how? In love, right? So we talked about that as well. We want to share the truth in love, but do share the truth in and as uh, Denise pointed out, if it doesn't, if they don't want to hear it, if they don't want to accept or at least open to listen to hear what God has to say, then there really isn't a conversation to be had. And we need to accept that, if that's going to be the case as well. It's not a conversation if only one person is talking. Right, it's not a if only one person's talking. The only, uh, unless it's God doing the talking, then it's a conversation. Okay, um, actually, <laughs> I think uh, Denise used the term b- bottom line is, and I have that in my notes right under this. <laughs> right under this, I, I, have, uh, I don't have it in your outline, but it said bottom line is, and that's basically, in fact, letter D, in fact, everyone makes judgments all the time. And it's impossible not to because neutrality does not exist. And, you know, I would say some might be ignorant of it, but there are others who aren't ignorant of it who make a choice 
definitely. I mean, obviously, Scripture says that, that, you know, there were some, anyway, that had that choice, but they chose the darkness. They preferred the darkness rather than the light. And that's, and that's something we have to take on a case-by-case basis as we talk to people, realize that that could very well be their tendency. And just, yeah, I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to share something else, but um, there, you're, you're right. Sometimes we need to realize that, that if they're just going to, and that's where if, if they don't want to hear God's word, if they just don't want to hear it, then that's because they know they prefer the darkness, that they're, they're more comfortable in that. Yeah, it, it is very important that we know as much as we can about what scripture says on these so that we can have an answer. But we have to admit, if we don't have an answer at that time, it's like, I don't have an answer to that, but I can, I can get one for you. I, I, I know the scripture will address that, but I'm not ready at this moment. Um, we have to be, we have to, when that's the case, we have to be honest and, and let that be, you know, so it might stretch things out a little bit, but we can still get the answer. We can still continue the conversation if they're open to do that. All right, now this whole idea of the fact that neutrality, that was your big long blank there in quotes, neutrality, does not exist. We covered that back in one of the introductory chapters to this. And I don't have any verses there, but I wanted to do a little sidebar for those of you who weren't here or might have forgotten. Can you imagine you might have forgotten something from a year ago or something? I know I would have. But let's, um, let's just, you can jot down these as, as cross-references if you want, and we'll go to these two places. I won't go to all of them. But Romans chapter 8 and actually, it's very similar to what, it kind of has the same idea of the First Corinthians passage here that, that Wesley just shared, but in the sense that we're talking spiritual versus uh, physical or carnal. So in Romans chapter 8, um, verse 5, we'll start there. The, the verse actually is verse 7 that, that we um, would focus on, Romans 8, 7, but we'll start at verse 5. says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, uh, the New American Standard says hostile toward God, which is a little more clear to us maybe in today's vernacular. Uh, but is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So the, the secularists will try and say, well, we can be neutral about these things. And as soon as you admit that you can be neutral, you detract on the authority of God's word. You detract from the authority of God's word. Because it's, it's, you, can't, you can't have it both ways. The carnal mind is enmity against God. Let's see. Um, yeah, in our natural way of thinking, without the Spirit of God that teaches us God's Word, we, it, our natural way of thinking will be contrary to or even hostile to God's Word. And I, we kind of as a cross-reference to that, Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there's a way that seems right to a man, and that would be to the natural man, the man in the flesh, but its end is the way of death. So there, that's not neutrality. And one more then is Matthew 
Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And again, there are more we could go to, but we'll just look at a couple of these. Matthew 12. Right, it's not, it's not going, referring back to the Romans 8 passage. It, it's not possible for them to... to uh, how does it phrase it? It's not possible for them to... Not, it's not even able to be subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, is the way the New King James. Right, so it is, let's remind ourselves again, it is a, these are spiritual, these things are spiritually discerned. And so those who don't have any spirit to discern them with, they're, they're not going to be able to, and we can't reach a neutral ground with them. There isn't such a thing. Um, all right, let's see here. Um, let's go ahead, uh, Matthew 12. I'm going to start in verse 22. The punchline is verse 30, but to get the context. Uh, then one, ver, uh, verse 22 of Matthew 12. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, brought to him, Jesus, okay, blind and mute, and he healed him. So that the blind and mute, uh, mute man both spake and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, there shall be, uh, they shall be your judges. But, hold on a second here. Um, where am I? Verse. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God... Surely the kingdom of God has come to you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he binds, first binds a strong man, and then he will plunder his house? Verse 30, you know, hold on. Do I have the right thing here? Yeah. Yep, there it is. I'm sorry. We'll plunder his house. Verse 30, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Um, that makes it pretty clear, too. <laughs> okay? If you're not with me, you are against me. And th this is, you know, it's, it's I know we, we, we know there are a lot of people, I don't know about you, but I think pretty much everyone in here has family members who aren't saved to one, whether they be immediate or extended or whatever. But th there are people, even just friends or whatever, acquaintances who, who we really think are really nice people, right. who we really like, who seem so nice, who, who would take the shirt off their back to help anybody. But if they're not with Jesus, they are against him. And that's sad. 
but but that, but that's you know there can't and and so we just when we, I don't know about you but I tend to pray for those people more than to pray for people I don't like <laughs> or that rub me the wrong way whatever but really and that that's part of where the idea would when when um, Daryl brought up about the darkness and people loving darkness rather than light. There are some people that we probably know that it's, like, it's hard for us to believe that, that that dear person loves darkness rather than light. Uh, but it's, it's probably true. When is most crime committed? <laughs> most crime, yeah. It's committed in the dark. I mean, that just proves the point. Yeah. It's like you can do things, you can hide, whatever. But, but I guess, uh, um, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm just, sorry, I'm waxing philosophical. In that case, they thought they were good people, maybe others looking from the outside, but they, it gives the impression that, yeah, these are good people. They're, they're doing good things. They're working in the church or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that, that's true. <clears throat> so, again, the Bible is unequivocal, no one can be neutral. So, and actually, the, the way it, we, uh, I don't know if the author of the book we're covering here said it this way, said, therefore, the claim that neutrality is possible is anti-biblical and therefore not neutral. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. So, continuing uh, with our study here, why judge? Letter E, and this is kind of what, Denise was getting to when she said the bottom line is the real question about judging is by what authority and standard does one judge? Is it God's word or man's word? What, by what authority and standard are you judging? Is it God's word or is it man's word? <clears throat> So, again, those are, those are the only two options. Um, so, secularists hypocritically and arbitrarily judge Christians and, and offenses that they don't like while conveniently judging any judgment against themselves. Um, but that's because they're basing it all on man's word, their own words, so they can kind of flip around. Um, However, and now you know, the second half of your handout, we start getting to, to Scripture. And unfortunately, again, I have the blanks all filled in for you. But anyway, um, the Bible is packed with commands to judge and do, to do so rightly. Let, let's turn to, um, we are going to get deeper in the Matthew 7 passage, maybe next week. But <clears throat> before we do, let's turn to another example here. John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Um, we're going to start here in, um, I think I have verse 24 there, but we're going to go back to verse 19 to get the context. John 7, 19. Um, let's, let me see here. Okay, he's talking to the Jews here. Um, verse 16, he says, the, uh, he answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. And then verse 19 says, did not Moses <clears throat> give you the law, and yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? 
the people answered and said, you have a demon who is seeking to kill you. Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and he's referring back to the healing of the man on the Sabbath back in chapter 5 of, of John's gospel. He said, I did one work, and you all marveled. Moses, therefore, gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Then the punchline here, verse 24, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So here, the believer, and actually he's speaking to unbelievers here too, is being warned against making superficial, hypocritical, condemning, or self-righteous, pharisaical-type judgments. Um, So it's not that we don't judge. It's just we judge in the right way. And you know what? Okay, we're, we're going to, we're almost out of time, but we get, we're, I'm going to jump ahead. <clears throat> yeah, see, you have letter, letter, letter three and then A, and you have three points under that, and then B. Let's jump down to B. Um, it says God is, I, I need to get there in my other notes here. Um, oh, he also taught in Matthew 7 the process by which we can judge properly. Let's look at that. Then in Matthew 7, verses 1 to 5. Because as, as is so often the case, when the unbeliever uses scripture, obviously they take it out of context, they just pull a small piece and then say, see, this is what the Bible says. Judge not. But wait a minute. What does it actually say? So verses one, uh, chapter 7, verses 1 to 5, <clears throat> says, Judge not, we've heard that, <laughs> that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Let's pause there for a second. Um, That right there, if they would just read that much, that should diffuse their argument in a way. It's like, okay, it's not saying to not judge at all. But be careful because the the measure you use in judging others will be measured back to you. And who's going to do that measuring? God. Ultimately, it's talking about God. I think that's elsewhere too, isn't it? I guess you could, that can be applied to this, but um, yeah. But the point is, we need to any time, and, and this is a good this is a good thing for us all to learn from, all of us, uh, because there have been times in my life, and there should be more, I suppose, <clears throat> but there have been times in my life when I felt so 
critical of myself for being so judgmental of others. I mean, and I should be. I should be. We should critique ourselves all the time. I was going through a particular phase, I guess, at one point in my life, and, and it's like, man, I am so judgmental. I was so disgusted with myself with how judgmental I was. And again, I guess I should be more disgusted more often. because Otherwise, I guess I'm just thinking I'm not doing so bad in that regard. But I judge all the time. And it's not... Yeah, again, we're supposed to make judgments, and we're going to see that. It's very clear. It doesn't say not to judge, but we just do need to be so careful as to how we're judging. Okay. Yeah, that's very... That's, very good, and that's that's the point. It, it, uh, and hypocritical, hypocritical spirit that was mentioned there in that comment is is one where basically you are guilty of the same thing. <clears throat> you have that weak, <clears throat> excuse me. You have that weakness, that sin, that tendency, that perspective, whatever, and you judge them when, in fact, that's probably why I was so sensitive at one point in time of how how judgmental I was of others, realized, maybe I was especially realizing that I was guilty of the same thing. And how dare I? So that's the issue. It's not that we can't judge or spiritually discern. Again, the scripture is filled with all kinds of instances, we're going to talk about some, where we must, where we should, we're obligated to. But not with the hypocritical, or what was the other word he used there? Hypocritical or unkind. Or unkind. Okay, spirit. Can, yes. This goes right along with about removing the sliver out of your brother's eye. Yes. Remove the log out of your own. And that's what's in verse 5. Exactly. And we're going to get there next week. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, close in prayer at that point. But that's excellent. That's a good segue. Uh, that'll be, I'm going to kind of go back in order again. We'll go through some of these things, and then we'll get back to that very point. That that's exactly what we need to do. Good point. Okay, let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you again for your word. We thank you for the spirit of God that can help teach us. And Lord, we do pray that that you would help us. Um, We are to be uh, use discretion and be wise in in helping people and in in pointing out sin in a loving way. Uh, but we aren't to be hypocritical. We're not to be unkind. We're not to be unloving. So we pray that you'd help us as we consider this to, to be uh, in our own lives day by day, moment by moment, to judge rightly and not hypocritically or unkindly. Um, and uh, just uh, we thank you for the balance that Scripture shows us. We just pray as we continue in this study, we'd get a better handle on that and apply it to our lives. We do pray that you'd be with us now as we head into the uh, worship service. We pray that uh, you would bless, uh, help us to be attentive to your word. We pray for Pastor Matt as he brings it, that you would um, just empower him to share it in truth and and that we would, again, be uh, careful to obey it and to be changed by it. We do pray that our worship in every phase of this service would honor you and be pleasing to you. We ask in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.